Okay, uh, how work is in a sentence? <laughs> hmm. No, because I, I want to... Brad doesn't know what I'm going to say, so I'm going to work this out. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Not even I know what I'm going to say, because it just comes out. In this episode of The Full Nerd, AMD's underwhelming Radeon 7, GTX laptops versus RTX laptops, and your questions. Welcome to the Full Nerd episode 84. I was drinking my coffee. Sorry, I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello. Eleni, as always. Hi, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray controlling the vertical and horizontal. Uh, I, I am happy. I am here with uh, hundreds, literally hundreds of Full Nerd uh, fans in our Discord, uh, which you can hop in. And uh, we've we got even have questions lined up uh, in our little question channel. People have been chatting for the, the, the past week, uh, so you should definitely get in on it if you haven't. Uh, I will put a link in the chat. And for audio listeners, the link will be in the description on the podcast. Uh, come join us over on Discord. Beam, 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 beam. I still need to do that. I think I'll do that right after the show. You should do it. You should do it. Yeah, I don't know how to... Uh, Elena even created a deals channel. So if if you want hot up to the second deals that might not be featured on PC World, uh, she's going to throw them in there. So Yeah, I kind of neglected it this week. Sorry. You know, it's fine. (laughs) You know. It's going to be a little dependent on how much free time I have. Hey, something's better than nothing. You know, something's better than nothing. So... Uh, so yeah, Gordon. Cool. Oh, actually, Brad, we, we've got uh, we've got a big show today, man. You've been working. I have been when I didn't have the long weekend for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. <laughs> I was right. Yeah. By the way, well, we were all right. Yeah. No, <laughs> yes. I was sure. <laughs> all I heard from my friends was, "Wow, that was a really boring game." Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But Radeon Seven underwhelming, Brad. Underwhelming. No, it's not underwhelming at all. Not boring. Uh, it's not overwhelming either. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's it's well. I'm actually. I'm very. Uh, it's uh There's a lot of things that are actually very impressive about it. The fact that it is the first, you know, seven nanometer graphics card has 16 gigabytes of high bandwidth memory for a terabyte of memory bandwidth, which is just wild. That's more than double the RTX 2080. That's like 400 gigabytes a second faster than even the 2080 ti so that's pretty insane uh they're doing a much different new complicated measurement scheme for the gpu temperature to be able to better react to temperature and get better performance uh and all in all it uh pretty much is the equal gaming performance wise with an rtx 2080 but it has that massive memory buffer so twice as much memory as the rtx 2080 is the TLDR version. Well, and what's so what what's the benefit of the the extra memory uh, for gaming? The benefit of extra memory for gaming is especially in a card like this where this card can play 4K games much like the RTX 2080 and the GTX 1080 Ti. Uh the more memory you have the better because one of the things that eats up memory more than anything else is textures. Hmm. 4K textures especially can get really big. Hmm. Uh the RTX 2080 has 8 gigabytes. Um, it hasn't really been an issue whatsoever with games. I mean, games, you know, are created to fit into what people actually have in their graphics cards, so it hasn't been an issue. But 
those 4K HD texture sizes have been going up and up and up as 4K becomes more popular. So the 16 gigabytes of memory is future proofing for that. And it also, you know, pays dividends in different content creation workloads and stuff, which is a big part of the story that AMD wants to tell with this card or whatever. So are we seeing anything that, because I mean, we've had cards with more than 8 gigs for some time, but is there anything using more than 8 gigs at this point? There have been 12 gig playing cards. Kind of hard to measure because some games will claim whatever they can take and not actually use it. So on one card, they'll claim eight gigabytes. If your card has 16, it'll grab 16. Um, I haven't seen any issues with cards that have eight gigabytes of RAM. Hmm. So any performance issue. I haven't seen so much stuttering stuff. Uh, In AMD's reviewer's guide, they said that Far Cry 5 um, could run into at least in one certain scene. Uh Issues with the 8 gigabyte memory buffer with the RTX uh, 2080. So when you run out of memory on your graphics card, your graphics card instead has to hit the system memory, which makes frame time spikes, stuttering, etc. AMD says at least in one scene in Far Cry 5 in their reviewer's guide, they see that. I didn't test that scene. I know in the canned benchmark, it's no issue. Playing Far Cry 5 with the RTX 2080, I haven't had any issues that I personally noticed. But, you know, more memory is always better, right? And it's the same price as the RTX 2080. Right. And I, I, do, I wonder who manages that because if you if you have a video card and you have 8 gigs and you somebody should be swapping out the textures for the scene you're in, not the scene you're not going to be in, I would think. So I don't know if that's on the developer or whether it's on the drivers or not. But mm-hmm. So the 16... 16- yeah, so... Good. What's up? No. Go ahead. Oh, go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you, it's sir. a good card. It's a good card. It's a... It's a very impressive technology card. It's basically a Radeon Instinct that didn't quite make it, and so they're selling it to consumers. Um, I personally don't think this was ever necessarily planned for release, because when they were talking about 7 nanometer Vega last year, they were talking about, hey, we're doing it for compute, we're doing it for you know data centers and stuff like that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the reason this card exists whatsoever is because NVIDIA did price the RTX 2080 at 700 bucks, 800 bucks. So now AMD feels like, hey, you know, we have some of these that didn't quite make it for instinct. We can sell it for 700 bucks. Might as well sell it for 700 bucks. But yeah, they're both, I consider them equally good cards. Like the uh, Radeon 7 in general is maybe a couple of frames behind the RTX 2080, but they deliver a similar real world experience and they both have games where one or the other does significantly better than the other. So on all, I consider it like a wash. Uh, so if you're going to spend $700 on one of these cards, pick the one. Would you rather have future proof 16 gigabytes of RAM or would you rather have future proof RTX technology? You got to pick your poison. Except, uh-huh. Of course, the content creation side, though, is, is something they've been pushing because of the because it's basically an instinct card, right? So, yeah, and you tested all that. What do you think about it? You know, it's it's interesting. Uh, definitely, there is a big performance advantage for the Radeon Seven over a twenty eighty in a lot of OpenCL performance. Uh, I was just, in fact, I ran copy bench this morning. There's some things where uh, I didn't want to run it yesterday before the embargo lift because I just. Don't, I don't like having to connect certain benchmarks to the internet to run uh, ahead of embargo, but like they have an o- ocean surface simulation, it was like forty five percent, you know, faster. There's, Jeez. and then I mean, there's just it's it's. I don't know whether this is just simply 
something's, you know, NVIDIA doesn't really care that much about OpenCL performance. Uh, and I look at like, uh, there's a, there's a university, uh, it's called Vienna CL Bench and it's like 87% faster than a 2080. Uh, and there are some things where it's a little slower. There's a subsurface scattering test in um, CompuBench where uh, the Radeon 7 is about, what, 18%, 16% slower. But, you know, for the most part, a lot of the OpenCL performance, it, it pretty whoops all over that, you know, that uh, 2080 card. I did also do some rendering tests in Premiere. It was really nothing right home about. Slightly faster for the Radeon 7 using the workload we use, which is a 4K 4K H.264 with some bunch of effects and stuff at the end. Uh, in, I know AMD does say we get more performance when you're working with 8K, but it, that, even their own numbers don't seem to show it as a huge in, encoding difference. But yeah. definitely OpenCL, it's just like, you know, Luxmark, OpenCL, you know, 38 to 11% faster. Uh, Blender, I got to say, is a little problematic right now. Um, I actually did get one thing to run. Uh, 2.80 with the BMW GPU, and they're basically dead even. And Blender can get a little weird. AMD says you should be running 2.79. They actually see more performance uh, in Blender. But I can't get 2.79 to work with RTX because it doesn't support it. 2.80 beta, the current build, is the one that supports um, Mm. RTX cards. So, huh. You know, it's a give and take. Some things definitely for, you know, I mean, what is content creation? If you're doing OpenCL, yeah, it looks like Radeon 7 is, for the most part, smoking RTX. Yep. Um, for encoding, kind of a wash, maybe if you really get something that's going to hit that that 16 gigs of memory. But um, so I would say definitely I would give the edge to the Radeon for compute workloads. But then you do have the question of, Ray tracing performance, there's a lot of renderers who are like, hey, we're really excited about ray tracing hardware DXR in these cards. We're going to be supporting it. So it's sort of, I really think you should pick as a content creator. Just don't go like, oh, I'm going to buy this because it's better. You should really look at what you're going to be running. Ray tracing, you're only going to get that on uh, RTX right now. And then also CUDA performance is very important. I mean, CUDA is actually a, a very big in, in uh, compute. So you're not going to run compute. You're not going to run CUDA on a Radeon card. So it's really just like, very much similar to your game, your game thing. You you pick it on what you do. OpenCL, Radeon 7, CUDA, RTX. Go with RTX. Uh, uh, I have a, I have a question. Oh, here we goes. I'm just, just, I, I got to ask this. Um, you know, traditionally in the past, we, we typically don't benchmark or do any testing for content creation stuff. How, how, how come we're starting to talk about this now all of a sudden? I would argue that it's just, it's no different than ray tracing. You test because this is a new feature. This is a feature that they're saying, Hey, we're really good at this. As a responsible reviewer, you should at least kick the tires on it and see, are they telling you the truth? So we, everybody did ray tracing ports. We didn't do ray tracing testing until ray tracing came out. So we didn't do DirectX 12 until DirectX 12, you know, came out and the cards for it. So I, I think you do have to look at new feature sets. I, I do hear what you're saying though, Adam. Well, I, well, and, but I also don't think it's a feature set thing because also to be fair nvidia has talked to at least me behind the scenes of saying hey uh the new rtx cards do better in in video specific things 
but that's not something we we tested on the RTX side. Well, I think the difference that Gordon is pointing out is that Nvidia took you aside behind the scenes. Radeon or the Radeon group is saying it up front publicly, saying like, "Hey, we want you to consider this as an option." Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of the linear right there. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, and I I do think that they didn't really push encoding performance on uh, RTX over over uh, Pascal that much. And I mean, it doesn't look like it's significantly yeah. better. I, I, well, that's not. Uh, AMD was telling me it's it's significantly better. Uh, you mean Nvidia? Uh, Nvidia. I'm sorry. I I suppose I don't. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's just something they didn't talk to the public like like Elena said. So you know. well, I would. You know, usually they're gonna they have something they're really good at. They push that to everybody to look at. Uh, video encoding has been problematic, I think, for a lot of people to test. And you know, as as we know, you know, you look at. Premiere and what you put into it, you, it doesn't always come out what you expect on the other side, right? That that yeah. that, that weasel comes out a different hole every time. Right. I, I will tell you that. So, uh, well, uh, to to move on to some other questions, uh, that these are For, just some. Actually, I want to address that real quick too. Oh, okay. Uh, we haven't traditionally done you know prosumer style things. I don't plan on doing it regularly, but even before this came out. I was, you know, tossing around the idea in my head, just trying to find time uh, to start implementing at least a few encoding and stuff like that tests that tie into streaming and YouTube creation, because that's becoming much more popular these days. And I feel like that's starting to become mainstream, like people who are buying graphics cards might consider that if they're a Twitch star or a YouTube creator. So... Going forward, we might be covering that kind of stuff a little bit more. Maybe not necessarily all the open CL compute stuff, but at least the video rendering and stuff. But, cool. But I mean, this is a really good point, though, because how do you how do you weigh it? I I honestly think because a lot of people who you know they are they are fans of either side, they only want you to pay attention to the one thing that that they want. I think as a responsible reviewer, you go you tell people, yeah, open CL Radeon Seven looks to be faster for the most part in most things. CUDA, ray tracing performance, you go with NVIDIA. You 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 pick. You need the information as a consumer to know how to spend your money, not I, I just I just think you have to And I guess I'm just saying we could have been doing these prosumer testing f- forever. There's nothing new about this Radeon that means we uh, this card been. is really weird, actually. Like, like, typically graphics cards aren't released. Like when they announced this at CES the first thing they talked about was compute because this is a cut down instant card basically. Mm. So, and you don't typically see that in the consumer graphics card space. Like they're calling it consumer graphics card space, but they started talking about pro stuff first. Mm. Like uh, even when Titans, uh, Nvidia's Titans get sent out, those are prosumer cards. They often wouldn't even give us one. Like they're just like, Hey, we're <laughs> wanting this, but you're not getting one because that's not what the consumer space is for. So AMD is kind of blending the two things together here. So I think it is like a weird edge case too. Okay, got it. I, I, it is interesting to me. You you brought up a really good point, Brad. Like, would this card exist now except for RTX pricing? I mean, yeah, I'm I don't sure so. AMD is like oh, we can't sell this thing for seven hundred dollars. <laughs> I mean, we're going to be going against five hundred dollar cards. Uh, good, it's like what point. they raise prices? Okay, we can sell seven hundred dollars now. It, it's really funny, right? Uh, that's fine. Yeah, I, I find it interesting that there's rampant rumors on the internet at the usual places about there being severe stock shortages of this card. And yeah. looking around before the show, everything's already sold out. Although yeah. that can be contrived. Uh, 
which would just lean into that more, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll say at least, uh, you know, some some folks in our fine Discord channel, uh, we're talking about, uh, you know, allocation numbers and, and all that stuff. Uh, you know, it sounds like a couple people, like uh, Vignesh actually was able to order one. Um, so, you know, it, it seems like there's a, yeah, it's some sort of, you know, shortage, but, you know, in our interview that we posted earlier this week, you know, he said, oh, you know, you, you address the shortage thing and he was like, oh no, we're, we're going to have good supply. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I also, yeah, Scott Harkelman, it, it's a cool interview. Um, yeah, you should go check it out. And I also kind of wonder if a factor that we're seeing right now that people haven't thought about is Chinese New Year. Is well the lunar new year. Sorry lunar to be new there. Year. The lunar new year is in effect now, and for people who don't know, lunar new year traditionally a, everything shuts down. It's a two week party. It's a two week party in Asia. <laughs> great. And I will say, Lots after many many years of being, you know, on on the PC side of things, it's like we got to get these orders in. If you don't get the orders in before lunar new year, you're not getting it out, and so it really disrupts everything. Oh, so you man. have to get everything out of, you know. Out of Asia uh. to all parts of the world before Lunar New Year hits, or that makes it's sense. shut down. And of course, we also have you know all the all the trade stuff too. But it really, I, I it could yeah. be that, huh. could be that. And I also think that um, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at Newegg right now and Amazon. I don't even see a listing for Radeon Seven on Amazon yet, and everything on Newegg already says sold out. So I mean, we we could be seeing an actual shortage. We could be running into the fact that it is Lunar New Year. I do think that in our Discord channel, at least, a lot of the people who've been talking about it seem to be not based in the U.S. So I mean, international markets also get a different allotment than the U.S. as well. So it could be a, a week or two before we really see how it shakes out between the territories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, Brad, how was it? The card on thermals and power. Yes, I was just about to um, ask that. Vastly improved compared to Vega sixty four. Um, and that's because of seven nanometer, correct? I'm, or seven nanometer. There are optimizations. I mean, they're still not quite as power efficient as the RTX twenty eighty or the even the GTX ten eighty Ti, but it's awfully damn close now. Uh, which Vegas sixty four was not. That thing was a shrieking beast of a graphics card. And actually, this card is still kind of loud. But as far as thermals and power efficiency, vastly improved. I is, consider it a watch, basically. Are there but any? Go ahead. When Nvidia comes out with seven nanometer GPUs, I'm real curious to see what that ends up looking like. Oh, should we just? Oh, what's Gordon reaching for? Oh, just, just to be fair, just to be fair. Here, <laughs> right here. here Gordon, right put it right here. We don't, we don't have a cool um, Lucite base for that. Though, there, we can just make a little V. I think those cases are actually kind of cool, the RTX cases, so that you can display it kind of like that. You know, it's actually compatible with other cards. I've put other cards in there. (laughs) (laughs) Sacrilege. You know, there is like another like quarter inch here, so you could fit a slightly longer card Oh, my God. You know what? This is an indicator. They they made this extra gap (laughs) for the next generation card. That's why this Lucite base is bigger. It's Um, going to be the Radeon 7 two right <laughs> <laughs> on 14 i've seen a lot I was, after the reviews launched this morning i was going around looking at everybody's articles re, you know watching different videos and it seems like we're actually even though it's i'm pretty I, I feel ambivalent like this is a good card get this or the rtx 2080 you won't be unhappy with either kind of a deal i feel like we're actually one of the more positive ones that people seem to live more uh tempered in their reviews that i was looking around yeah um it seems like a lot of people 
reviewers ran into driver issues of some sort or another. Uh, I didn't run into any of that. So I think that probably, you know, plays a big deal into that. But that's just I think it's worth mentioning that I see so many other reviewers are having that issue. There are apparently driver issues that people are running into. Uh, I haven't had any issues with it. Have you run into any software driver possibly related issues? You know, I I have I was running a, a CompuBench or comp, yeah, CompuBench. And actually, the I don't know what happened, but the screen i thought the card had died because i got 2d corruption and it just would not switching to hdmi display ports didn't make any difference and the only way i could clear it was to turn the monitor off and turn it back on um, mm-hmm. and i didn't know it's really weird i i haven't seen it before i which is actually i was kind of glad I, I thought maybe my monitor was taking a, a, a crap but i actually think it is something with that benchmark <laughs> where it somehow it corrupts the eated and the monitor just freaks out and doesn't come back. Yeah, it's been. I've had a couple issues, and I've also had a couple issues where it clears up from reinstalling the drivers too. Of course, I've been swapping yeah. cards. I, I had an DDU, issue but. in uh, the Ghost Recon Wildland benchmark where it would just lock at the end and mm. just sit there for like thirty seconds and then give you the results. Uh, and watching Jay Jay's Two Cents video today. He has a little segment where that's exactly what happens to him, too. Hmm. Uh, but I ran into that twice, and I reinstalled the drivers, and I didn't run into that problem again, personally. So, uh, Thomas on YouTube is asking, uh, did you try the auto-overclock function? I did not try. I don't do reviews using that overclocking, underclocking, undervolting, any of that too much, because I like to test what you can expect to get out of the card when you take it out of the box. Because overclocking, underclocking, it's all different. Uh, I know Steve over at Gamers Nexus spent quite a bit of time trying to overclock it and didn't have great results. So if you're looking for something from there, go check out their video and article, I would say. Yeah, it doesn't sound like there's that much headroom left then. Mm-hmm. Is it? Is this only, are we going to see third-party designs or is it basically reference cards only? I'm using all your questions. Dang it! I've read on the internet that at least in the near term there won't be any third party designs. Huh. Today looking at Newegg there are no third party designs and I haven't been contacted by anybody to review a third party design. So Interesting. At least not in the near future it seems like. What what does that mean? Why why? Uh it could mean all kinds of different things. Uh but it could be related to suspected stock shortage as well. Like if they truly only have a limited amount of these, they're just going to, you know, ship out the X amount that they have. Who knows? This happens sometimes. Uh, it happened with the Vega 64 launch, too. At first, there weren't custom designs. It took a couple of months for those to come out. So Okay. Uh, a couple really quick pointed questions. Uh, Dennis is asking, uh, did you test... Uh uh, FP64 double pre- precision floating point performance. I'm I didn't. To, I'm trying to think if I have any numbers there, but uh, uh, while you're figuring that out, it is. I was reading around this morning. Uh, it is way better than initially suspected and thought on. I frick, I wish I had the number here. Uh, Ian, uh, not Ian. Nate's review over at Anantech. They talk. They activated. Uh, Way more. They were expecting it to be artificially constrained, but they made it way more potent at that than they initially had on and would have suspected. So if you're looking into that, this is one of the more powerful FP64 compute cards that have been around in a while, I guess. Yeah, I don't I don't think I have 
And although this, I do love this little chart. It just sort of gives you an idea. This is just Sysoff Sandra, uh, their compute. I don't think uh, nobody. Yeah, yeah, you're not here. I, I can, I can load that. It's in on. our, yeah. our, it's in Brad's review on our website, pcworld.com. And Gordon put it in our Slack. Let me. Yeah, and you can just basically see the the oh, outer. There's a. It's interesting. It's even the correct color for Sandra, <laughs> but it's actually there's a great big. I will describe it for the non people. Hold on, it's right here. It's interesting to look at because the first, like the middle section, has this spider web effect. Although I'm not sure why ah, the it's not opening. No. You're going to have to describe it for audio listeners. Yeah, just do that. So basically, it's one of those, you know, area graphs, and it just shows different performance uh, performance differences in in GPU OpenCL stuff. And it's a great big, gigantic red polyhedron with a smaller blue polyhedron for... Is is it even a polyhedron? I don't know. It's it's a blob. It's a blob. (laughs) Smaller blob for the the 2080 card and the great big... Circle around it is the performance, the increased performance in compute of the of the Radeon Seven. Although I'm not sure why the memory latency, the AMD card is winning here when it looks like it has more latency. But uh, it's not. Hmm. I'm not. Uh, another pointed question for you, Brad. Uh, Chaos Series uh, has been trying to ask for a while. Uh, SRIOV enabled or disabled during your testing? S-R-I-O-V. Mm. I don't know what that is, so... Okay, me neither. Disabled. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. And then, uh, we, we, you know, uh, back to the uh, the actual design uh, speak, we, we actually had a question in our, uh, our Full Nerd question channel over here on the Discord uh, about uh, blowers uh, or... Wait, where is it? Uh, yeah, R- Rooker was asking, uh, do we universally hate blower-style cards? Every time somebody mentions it on the Brad show, does. everybody groans. Uh, I don't know why. Um, I, I do, except for in certain circumstances. I feel like Axial coolers, like are on the new Founders Edition in this Radeon 7, uh, they tend to hit lower temperatures overall for, for you know, good reason. That being said, if you're using multi-GPU or small form factor PC, blower-style coolers shooting all that hot air out the back, I mean, that's preferred for those. I just, I, I find it niche or niche. I'm not sure how to pronounce that word. Is it worth it? I mean, if I were looking at, because they're typically a lot cheaper, well, uh, they can be, you know, a hundred bucks cheaper. Is it worth, is it, I mean, how much do you really if, give up? I would save a hundred bucks and get a blower-style cooler if I knew it wouldn't throttle. Yeah. But how much are you throttling there? I just oh no, oh, no. you just oh. shook the table. <laughs> Sorry, that's just not. Um, for audio listeners, Gordon had stacked uh, two uh, dies, sample dies, and, and on the top, other HBM very precariously, like GPU. a house of cards, and then shook the table. So it again. all came tumbling down. One is a uh, from uh, Fiji. Is that right? Was that the correct code Fiji name? water? From the the Fury the Fury HBM die and then a Vega die. Yeah, just you can kind of see it uh, shrinking down in size there. So I have a question about blowers, blower styles. Aren't they often louder too? So like when you're when you're uh, saving on money, you're potentially trading it for higher thermals and also more noise. It depends on the fan curve setting by the manufacturer, but yes, I think that's a reasonable thing to say in general because that single fan has to. You know, circulate harder to blow that crap out the back. Hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, and friend of the show, Peter, uh, clarifies that SROIV is single root input output virtualization. It allows to share a GPU between multiple operating systems. Yeah, I was just Googling that. No. No. <laughs> okay. you did not, you did I have a test that. system that I, I physically swap out the hardware for every time. Oh, okay. So it's not a virtual just machine use, stuff. Just use Windows 10 up to date. Got it. Uh, and then uh, another pointed question from Nick uh, that you might not even be able to answer. Uh, were you allowed to say this was a rebadged M150 before launch? Uh, I mean, unless I agree to a embargo about something, AMD doesn't tell me what to say anyway. So I can say whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I might have said that in a previous episode when we were talking about the release, that this looks like a rebadged instinct card. So, I mean, AMD never said that to me directly in any communication with me or in the reviewer's guide either. So it's just me talking what I know. Yeah, I do remember you actually saying that, Brad, that it just looks like it's mostly just a a, a move over, right, from NMI card. So, yeah. No, but yeah, we, I, we no, certainly did not agree to that. I don't know why. we. Yeah, that's not a thing I would agree to. So got it. Uh, and then um, Timothy uh, is asking, uh, do you think this is the limit that this tech can reach, or can AMD create some sort of TI version that can match NVIDIA's top of the line? I don't know. I would think at this point, like I said, I think the only reason this card exists is because RTX 2080 came out priced so high that they think they can get rid of their failed M- instinct versions for this price i don't think they would necessarily try to crank vega any harder i think uh navi's coming down the pipeline and that's probably where their focus is yeah and this point out this this probably isn't a rebadge these are salvage dies right these are some dies that may not yeah, have made a cut for yeah uh yeah because so- they are cut down so typically like the full vega implementation has 64 uh compute units or whatever uh this one only has 60 because, you know, the full instinct one has 64. This one's missing a few. Hey, let's sell these for 700 bucks to gamers. Right. So uh, for you personally, Brad, uh, okay. w- would you would you pick um, the 2080 or the Radeon 7 right now? Uh, <laughs> for, I don't know. It's a while. It's kind of I, I can see the benefits of each. Uh, that 16 gigabytes of memory is real enticing. Uh, if you play 4K. If you play, I mean, to me, these are 4K cards. Yeah, if you're, if you're playing at 4K, that 16 gigabytes is enticing. Um, RTX is also enticing, but it's clear it has a performance hit. So if you're planning on playing at 4K and don't want to give that up, I'd probably go for Radeon, I would say. Get the more gig, get the more f- memory. Well, until uh, DLSS rolls around, then, uh, you know, yeah. it might whoop up back up. <laughs> That's the issue. I didn't want to really want to say what you should do in the article because in both cases, it's not a real scenario today. Like, games don't use 16 gigabytes of memory. Games really don't use RTX right now. Which one do you put more value on, think, will actually happen in the future and just pick there? Uh, here's a good question from Bastel. I, I don't know if it's a joke or not, but uh, it, is is this a good mining card? Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there are any good mining cards anymore, but theoretically, 
I would think it would be, yes. <laughs> Adam, can I jump in with yeah, a question no, of my own real quick? Um, so, Brad, I actually had a question for you about the um, the FreeSync question kind of being off the table. So in your review, you had said because uh, RTX cards now support FreeSync that you kind of felt like it wasn't really an advantage on the AMD side. But, I mean, are we really at parity with support between the two ecosystems yet? Like, that's that's the question I kind of had when, when you said that it's, like, off the table. Um, I think AMD will do more work in their drivers as far as support and adaptive sync than NVIDIA will. NVIDIA's just going to be like, hey, it's on. If the monitor makers do everything they're supposed to and it works, then it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Whereas I think AMD might put a little bit more work into the drivers to make sure things work. But I think if you're going to buy a nice, decent, high-end gaming monitor to match your $700 graphics card, it's probably going to be pretty parody. Because cool. like if you look at the high end like Nixius monitors and stuff like that, then they're great monitors, just full stop, and they're going to work. And there's still a price parity for G Sync, though, right? I mean, at that even at that price range, feature for feature. If you the thing with FreeSync, the thing with G Sync is that you're like you know what you get out of the box, right? Like you're paying the premium, but you're getting you know all these all these features. It's just going to work with FreeSync. Anybody can implement it, but if you look. To get some of the features that G-Sync implements that make the gaming experience better, like uh, low frame rate compensation and all kinds of other things like that, you know, the wider range of, uh, like, it'll support variable refresh rates no matter what frame rate you're actually playing at, Uh, then those are features you only find in pricier FreeSync monitors that tend to cost close to what you would pay for a G-Sync monitor anyway. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for, you know, comparative models, then the price difference isn't actually all that great. Cool. I'm very stumbly and muttery today, by the way. <laughs> you worked hard yesterday, Brad. <laughs> Everybody's hard. Too much hardware. I, I just, boy, and that it, is. I mean, it's a good problem to have, but it's also an exhausting yeah. problem to have for you two. <laughs> Adam asked Brad what he'd pick. I want to know what you two would pick. Wait, wait. You got to answer it. You got to answer it first. No, because I asked. Oh, oh damn it. Oh, you keep Gordon. shaking the table, Gordon. Man. All right, I'm going to stop gonna doing that. I'm, I'm never going to get these dies again from AMD, so I don't want to break them. Oh. Uh, well, no, what would you pick? I mean, because we, right here in front of us, for uh, non-visual uh, folks, we, we have a 2080, we have Radeon 7. You can walk out of this room with one of these cards, which means you walk out of them. I'm lying. You're not going to be able to. (laughs) Dang it. Adam, you go first. Uh, I mean, this is the thing. I've, I've only personally used, uh, Nvidia cards. So, you know, I, I don't really have (laughs) what? (laughs) Nothing. Pennies. I said chill. Chill. Oh, yes. Yes. Chill. We got to work on a new one for that instead of being a shell. Cause that's Uh, not used. That's not American currency. Go ahead. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, I don't. I don't know how the drivers work. I don't know, you know, all the that back end stuff. But you know, I've I've heard plenty of people, you know, talk about it. This the the high the the higher memory actually does because uh, I I do game at 4K. I have 4K monitor at work. I have 4K monitor at home. Uh, so I would be interested to see if that uh, if that helps me for sure. And if and if it's kind of a wash on Premiere and the the work stuff I do, eh, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, actually, I would, I would actually walk out with neither. Yeah, I knew it. Because she's too. <laughs> she wants integrated graphics. Where's the integrated graphics? That was almost my answer as well. Well, here's the thing, though. Like you're t- offering this. No, the, the point of this is that you're offering these to me 
I assume for free, right? Like, like this is not even no. gonna cost me anything. You have seven hundred dollars oh, okay. right now. You have to spend right. Well, you now. gave me seven hundred dollars to spend, so it's not like I had to like suddenly raid my kid's piggy don't bank. Don't use the <laughs> yeah. Don't raid your kid's piggy bank. <laughs> she has like she has Spidey sense, but it's for deal. Like, you know, like you, the comic book effect. Like, oh my god, something. There's a deal. There ain't no deal here, folks. <laughs> um, and it's mostly because I'd actually would prefer to wait for so-called second generation like the next iteration like what's coming down the pipeline like i would actually prefer to wait um so you'd buy 1080 or a vega 56 64 no i said next generation not previous generation well the thing i actually closed my review with which i think is important is the fact that two years later both the radeon 7 and the rtx 2080 are giving you the same performance as the GTX 1080 Ti at the same price. And I find that to be a big bummer. Like, that they both do that. I mean, I get that RTX has all the extra RTX hardware in there, so promises for the future. I know that Radeon has all this awesome, like, that memory system is amazing. Kind of promises for the future again, because there's not really any games that use that. So two years later, same performance, same price, with a handful of promises for the future, and I'm not super pumped about that. Yeah. Well, but you get you get you do get a a a really big bump in compute performance. On oh yeah, Radeon definitely. OpenCL and RTX ray tracing for those workloads, right. the rendering, mm-hmm. right? Just it's so, going to be a monster once it's supported, and that's coming really fast. I I'm speaking I, as a gamer, not a not a compute. Oh, I see. Person. I agree with Brad. So that's, I mean, he fleshed out a lot of what I'm thinking already, which is that I feel like if I'm going to be banking on a future that I don't know yet, why not just wait and hold my money so I can actually buy the thing that actually ties to the future? Um, but if I had to choose right now, like my card's busted, I had to spend the $700, you put a gun to my head for whatever reason, I don't know. <laughs> Dang, Gordon. Um, <laughs> I would probably pick um, the larger memory buffer buffer over uh, the RTX uh, ray tracing and uh, DLSS potential. Just very, very skeptical of that happening anytime soon. It just soon. seems like the industry is more likely to go in that direction in the short term. So at least I would see, I have more likelihood of seeing a return on that kind of hedge. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Hmm, that's I fair. didn't get into, I, like I said, I closed my review with that. I didn't get into it too, too much in the review because the way I think when I write these is, okay, you're on the market for a $700 video card right now. Which is the one that you should buy and why? Like, if you just went and bought a four, your first 4K 60 monitor, you're going to want one of these cards. Which one should you buy? And that's kind of the approach I take. And then I just stick on there at the end. It really sucks that two years later we're where we were two years ago. <laughs> well, we, we've oh, taken hey, a left and right turn, right, for both. Yeah, those. and I'll, I'll definitely say the chat uh, is with uh, with both of you saying, yeah, you know, this is this is kind of lame that you know two years later it's still kind of the same. Uh, offering the same with promises of future. We get it. Actually, I'll say that, uh, friend of the show, Will Smith, uh, who Gordon used to work with, uh, was on a, another podcast, uh, the giant beast or the giant bombcast, uh, earlier this week saying that, uh, you know, he's seeing a lot of people be really excited about the ray tracing stuff, you know, in that kind of animation space, you know, Pixar, mm-hmm. I'm sure is super right. excited about it, you know, mm-hmm. but for us gamers here on the ground, you know, 
you know, it's still still pretty limited. You're so, going by 1080 Ti. There you go. 650. 50 uh, plus. Yeah, let's do it. Get two year old graphics card technology. Yeah. So if you're well, going to do that, you may. As we well have the benchmarks now, and they're all kind of the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, everyone, this generation, they're still charging seven hundred bucks, and they coordinated their performance to be right there with the GTX 1080 Ti. So, I guess all you're giving up is the promises for the future. I, I to me, I think it's crazy. <laughs> we've heard this. We're on start, a we're starting to say old no, argument no, no, again. But look, we have both here now. I, I just kind of think, why are people faster memory? There's already things right now that that there's more things that that deal more games right now that deal with higher memory than than ray tracing. No, but I, what I'm saying yeah. is he's talking about the 1080 Ti. Why would you buy an actual oh, old oh, card oh. thing? We're, we're restarting <laughs> that argument. No, no, people are just so disappointed again that oh, oh my god, here two years later we don't. I don't have 400 frames a second in a game instead of 200 frames a second, right? I I just think it's like there is a certain point where you have to stop simply marketing frame rates because people don't need more frame rates. You add different features. You add compute. You add your ray tracing. I think it's honestly a, a, a better thing for everybody that we are sort of trying different things. I mean, we, don't, we just don't – when the hell has anybody – if you had a 1080 Ti, you do not need to buy a new graphics card right now, right? You do not need to buy a new graphics Correct. card. So, what would if they had? I if still they, have mine. If it were double the performance, <laughs> yeah, right. so both of these yeah. cards would double the performance of a 1080 Ti. What, what, what are you running? What, what are we running? What 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 are we using this for? So to get ray tracing or to get compute to get these other features or or maybe more textures for higher res textures for 4K gaming. To me, that's. I, that's a, a better think, use of I, silicon than just to to cynically push higher frame rates. It's like pushing higher megahertz just to push higher megahertz. I agree with you in in theory. If you take a step back and look broad picture, I agree with you. Technology advancements have to happen, and they have to happen at some point. Uh, one point is I just want to point out is, yes, there are G-Sync HDR monitors out now, and there's going to be ones that aren't G-Sync HDR that are hitting 144 hertz 4K. So people could use the extra frame rates. And two, I would like to be met in the middle somewhat. Like, I'm fine with all this, you know, the extra memory and all the RTX technology. I would also like to see a slight bump in performance. It doesn't have to be mind-blowing because these two cards and the GTX 1080 Ti 2 are all 4K 60 cards. But depending on the game, it's like... 4K 60, like it's right there. You might be a little bit less, so it might be a little bit more. They'd have bumped them just, you know, a little bit, you know, 10, 20% in performance and got you solidly over the 60 frames per second barrier in the majority of games. I would have been a lot happier with both of these cards. I just don't know if that's because I kind of feel like then you're just going to get there. Well, I needed 50% more bump. Then I just. Well, I, I was actually going to say something similar to Brad, which is that. I We're on the same wavelength today. I know we are. <laughs> um, you you can argue that it's a logical way to look at it. I, like Brad, I agree with you that, yeah, there has to be room and energy and resources made toward trying to push future technologies. But the thing is that, um, one, we've had a period of years where we've just gotten this amazing kind of leap in performance. And so I think people have actually kind of gotten used to that. Right. So it's kind of that whole thing where you get used to a certain level of like excitement. And when you don't get that the next time, it's disappointing. Yeah. So there's some of that in there. And then I think on top of that, um, 
people want to see that things that still matter also seem to matter to the vendors who are giving them the product, right? So, like, if the frame rates aren't changing that much, it can create actually this doubt or concern that, like, that's not going to be the focus anymore. And like Brad said, like, you know, it would be nice to see a solid 60 on 4K because it's not quite there yet. Um, I also think... Oh, so go ahead. Go ahead. You can go. No, I was. I didn't know you were... I was, I was going to say, there's a reason that my favorite, like... If I step back and take a look at the RTX lineup, the one that I liked the most outside of like, yeah, I can theoretically spend 1200 bucks and get the 2080 Ti, which I'm not realistically going to do. Stepping back and look at it, my favorite RTX card is the RTX 2060 because not only does it have this ray tracing stuff, but it does give you that 15% boost that you're like, okay, I'm a gamer. You know, I'm, if I upgrade to this, I'm going to see better frame rates, but I'm also going to see this new stuff. And that's what I feel like these $700 cards are missing. Hmm. Interesting. Just like a tiny bone thrown in that direction yeah. is enough. Yeah, I mean the twenty eighty was always in a tough spot, right? Because you had the twenty eighty Ti, but that was twelve hundred bucks. I, I, it was. I mean, it's rough for everybody. It's it's been rough, a rough lunch launch. I think this cycle has been, you know, people. I understand why people are unhappy, but I also do understand that I I I don't think necessarily just pushing raw frame rates. If they had dedicated the entire die to just pushing frame rates, would have. Really, it doesn't really get us that far. Like, I, I guess you could use a CPU argument. I love that we have eight cores for nothing, and now thirty-two cores are incredibly affordable for, from what it used to be. But for the average consumer, what do you want to go to? Are we? Do we want more cores? There's a certain point. Like, until yeah. Microsoft, until application developers actually use all those cores, it's just kind of yeah. like now you need to look at well, maybe better instruction sets or something. Yeah, I, I don't know. Something, something just to sort of like infinity fabric, you know, higher <laughs> clocks. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, there's got to be something to just to give you just to cynically give you more cores for more core sake is, is not the well, best uh, answer. For I everything. think that was just kind of a thing that was an easy way also to get people's attention. Right. Because it seemed like for a while they were on the CPU side, they were running into a situation where they couldn't get those huge leaps in um, uh, clock yeah. speed. Right. Yeah, so they sure. had to turn to something else that would get that kind of wow factor. And it, it just worked. Right. We all are just like, woo, what's well, coming now? Yeah. 64? No, it's been <laughs> awesome. Right. Because, I mean, it's been we've you know intel has been basically doling out cores like you know it's, it's rationing during the war or something like that and, and so then suddenly it's over everybody's like but you know like oh now you've like feasted on 16 core cpus for like 400 for 16 core ryzen right third or gen ones are like uh now like uh do i you know it's really I, hard to justify 32 and up you know i agree i agree with you i think uh 4k monitors are extremely rare still Right. So, I mean, you got to take that into consideration. Um, I've said before on the show, and I still think that this is the best time that NVIDIA could have ever tried to do this because it is so far ahead of AMD. Like, those two cards are relatively equal, the Radeon 7 and the RTX 2080. But that took AMD jumping ahead to 7 nanometer to hit that. So that's how far ahead NVIDIA is in power efficiency and performance and whatnot. So it was a great time for them to do that. I would just like to see that 10% performance boost on top of simply having ray tracing. Yeah. Okay. Is it safe to, I, here's my I'm, last. Not, I'm not bad about either of the cards. It's just hard to get real excited when you're paying the same price for the same performance that you got two years ago. Everyone says, wait for Navi. 
Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, all, you know, the, the best answer in all technology is to wait for the next thing, right? Not always. Not always. It is always the best answer for everything. Because nope, buy a, if you're looking for a 1080p card, buy a RX 580 right now before Navi comes out. That card is real good. And right now it's going real cheap. It's, but it only gets cheaper. I mean, that's the one thing is like in technology, it always gets better. It always gets better. It always gets cheaper. It just never, never gets more expensive. Well, that's what we thought. And then the RAM prices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do have, you, there's terrorists, RAM prices, there's all kinds of market influences. That's, yeah. I'm just saying it's not always yeah. a slam dunk, but the, that's also the lazy answer for everything is to just wait too, right? That's, yeah. that's always the lazy answer to everything. Well, just wait. <laughs> Navi. I want to wait for Navi three, right? And it's like, uh, what? I want to wait for five nanometer NVIDIA cards. Like what? What? Yeah. I mean that. Come on, that's not an answer for you. You're you have to you have to give people advice for what to buy today, today. Mm -hmm. And you you can't say yeah, no. You should wait six months because it'll change. Mm -hmm. Is it? I, I want to ask you, Brad. Do you think right now it's actually safe to make a GPU choice between existing from RX five eighty five ninety, you know, ten series twenty, and then Radeon seven? Is it actually a pretty good time? You can safely make your choice from that selection without getting blindsided by a new GPU in the face? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if NVIDIA starts to fill out its low end a little bit more. Uh, but with Radeon RX 580 selling so well, and with 8 gigabyte frame buffers on there, mm -hmm. and you can pick one up for 160 bucks, mm -hmm. it's hard to imagine. And two you know, free games. Even if, and, yeah, two <laughs> free games. It's hard to imagine the value proposition getting much better than that. So, and at the high end, I mean, we're not going to see new cards for a while from either of them at this point, so. So probably pretty safe then. Yeah, go get it. The safest time to go buy a card is when you need a new graphics card. If you have a reason <laughs> to go get one, go get one. And that's the reason that, like I was saying earlier, I don't talk about it sucks that this is 200 bucks compared to two years ago, or the same, it's compared to two years ago. Uh, because that doesn't matter if you're buying a graphics card today. You just want to know what's the best thing you can buy for your money. Right. Okay. Any uh, last struggling questions about this? People angry? They want to yell about things or no? They're just... Wait for Navi. Anybody underwhelmed? Overwhelmed? Wait, wait for Navi. <laughs> wait for Navi. I, I mean, fun. it's, you know... But I already waited for Vega. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Uh, wait for Intel's new GPU. No, it's going to be I, a game changer. I think we will follow up on this, especially when third-party cards come out, too. Uh, a lot of people mm -hmm. are asking about that. So... Um, I if think that happens, I would be very interested in that. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I think we should move on to another buying decision, oh. uh, past versus present. Um, I've, I've seen some, some discussion around RTX laptops uh, and the fact that, you know, it seems like... Uh, Things might be might be rolling out a little slower, uh, you know, and maybe it's uh, still good to buy a GTX laptop right now, uh, you know, considering the performance with the RTX stuff. So what do you think, uh, Gordon? Do you think it's safe to uh, buy an RTX gaming laptop right now or should uh, people actually consider a GTX laptop? I think, you know, I think that the I haven't seen the prices on RTX be as high as people expected it to. I think it's actually somewhat reasonable um, at the same time. Oh, man, these GTX laptops are just like great deals, some of these things. Yeah, yeah, that's, to me, the best time to buy a gaming laptop ever is when the new 
ones are coming out and all the old ones are on sale, you buy that old one. Yep. Because you get great deals that you will never otherwise find. You want your 20, you want your 2000, and you go out and buy your 2018 Pontiac now when the 2019 <laughs> Pontiac just came out. I think the only caveat to that is if there's a certain feature set or just a certain level of performance you're getting with the new generation that you can't get with the older generation. Can't get ray tracing. Um, I mean, it's not that. I just mean, like, as a general principle, right? So, like, sometimes these older models, right, there's not just that it's an older GPU. Sometimes it's actually also paired with an older CPU. Whereas if you're getting a newer laptop, you also get a newer CPU to go with your newer GPU. So you have to make that consideration yeah. as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. So for me, when I'm looking at deals and trying to decide, like, which way I want to, if I would go if I had the money to just buy any laptop I wanted, um, <laughs> I, um, I always have to kind of consider like, okay, like I see this great deal, but like practically, what am I using it for? Do I think that it's really going to last me like three to five years? Cause that's pretty much how long most people keep their laptops. Right. So pretty, probably longer than that. I mean, I think if you're doing just general everyday tasks longer than that, definitely. But I think if you're actually gaming on your laptop and, or doing more like, um, uh, performance intensive type uh, tasks you are going to probably want to upgrade after like five years i think at that point you can really feel it yeah although you know it'll be interesting to see what people do with uh external gps now because a lot of the gaming laptops support but it do they really support all of them equally like i feel like that's uh, no not all of them i mean it's yeah. not uniform that they all have thunderbolt 3 and, and that they have and GPU implementation support. is good yeah i'm just trying to find I'm just not seeing that many deals hit my feed right now on GTX laptops. They're like, going to come, though. I think so, but I don't think we're there yet. I think we need more RTX laptops in the marketplace to start pushing them out. I agree with you. I think a lot were launched at CES, but things that launch at CES don't necessarily start hitting the street mm-hmm. in force right away. And right. I think that's what we're seeing once they do start coming out. And a lot of the ones at CES were 2080. So the ultra high end, right? which is actually a case where you might want to opt for if you're going to get like a gaming laptop with a 4K monitor, it might be worthwhile to spend the extra money on a 2080 instead of a 1080. Uh, but if you're looking for like a mainstream gaming laptop, wait till those RTX ones start coming out and then look for uh, last gen, one of the ones that have the six core, you know, Intel gaming CPU that came out the middle of last year and a GTX 1060 for a 1080p 60 screen and you'll be set for years. Mm-hmm. So I'm just looking um, on Amazon because they're just so big, right, folks? Uh, it looks like they're really pushing this. It's not a bad, not a bad laptop. ASUS ROG Strix Scar Two. It's mm-hmm. you know not super small and light. Which uh, we actually have a question about. Seventeen inch laptop, one forty four hertz. You know, probably um, FHD with an RTX twenty sixty and i seven eighty seven fifty H sixteen gigs, five hundred twelve gig SSD, eighteen hundred dollars. That's not terrible. It's really not bad. 2060, right? Get, gets you into that. But here's the thing. Outside, I'm looking at is the Acer Predator, and this is the best-selling gaming laptop on Amazon. Acer Predator. The Helios 300? Helios 300. So good. It's a smaller screen, so, you know, there is that. A 15-inch uh, 1080, 144, uh, 8750H, and a 1060, 16 gigs, 256-gig SSD. $1,100 to ninety. I've tested that, and it's great, and that's what I would buy 100% of the time. I think they're both fair prices. I don't, mm-hmm. nec- I don't, I mean, given the specs are different, I wouldn't necessarily say that automatically the Acer is, you know, 
a winning deal. It's just that, you know, you're comparing slightly different things against each other. Yeah. But it seems like, oh, that is, I mean, you're... I think when you see that hit, like, $900, that's when you're like, oh... See, like, 1100 to me is such a great... Price. Yeah, but no, but so Black Friday, yeah. you were seeing those at like uh, about even thousand, about even yeah. thousand, maybe like nine seventy five if you had some coupon or something. Really? Yeah. Um, but so if it were to hit nine hundred as like a sale slash clearance price, then I would say yeah, maybe you go with like last gen. That's just wow. Okay. Yeah, that's I, a pretty good price. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe it's more helpful to listeners uh, and viewers for us to kind of outline what specs we think we'd go with in either direction, depend you know on price when mm-hmm. it comes to the comparing. Because I don't think it's it's I think it's harder for us to say, oh yeah, I would definitely go with a you know GTX laptop over RTX or you know vice versa. I think it's very dependent on like where like what parts are paired to it, like with each other and what the actual specs of that particular laptop are, right? Like I wouldn't necessarily go for an older laptop that has like a very small storage, you know, drive yeah. and all that kind of stuff just because I think games are going to get bigger, you know, like when you're thinking about future proofing and all that kind of stuff, then you have to take all that into consideration. Yeah, it's actually almost useless for a gaming laptop to have less than a 512 gig SD and that is honestly too small. I- yeah, actually, uh, I reviewed a couple different iterations of that particular, the Helios 300 at this point. Um, and it is a bummer that comes with 256 gigabytes, but they have expansion options yep. and SSDs are cheap as hell these days. So, yeah. <laughs> but to what, uh, Elena was saying, to me, I would be on the lookout for a core i7 or 8750H, I believe that's the part number, the six core gaming yep. one, and a GTX 1060 for around a thousand bucks. Yeah. Anything a, else? All the rest of the stuff around that, as long as you have 8 gigabytes of RAM, you're good to go. You can figure it out from there, and that's a great price for that. And sometimes you'll see them a little bit cheaper, too. So, Yeah, if you get for 900 950 mm. Mm. nice. It's a hell of a deal. And that's assuming at least a 15-inch screen, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at that when you get into these ultralights, these, the GS65, which is a fantastic laptop for its weight, four pounds, $1,700. What are you guys, what are you guys thinking Older about one. in terms of, um, higher frame rates or even going up to like, I guess a 4K screen? Like which way would you go there? I hate 4K in laptops. I would never recommend it. It kills battery life way too fast and, isn't worthwhile and it makes the text you know too small unless you change the display scaling and what's the point at that point uh i like higher frame rates always for a laptop i think if i was going to go buy a laptop i would go look for a 1080p 60 laptop really just because i think that's the you know I'm, i'm i can game perfectly well on 60 frames per second i think the 1060 We'll be able to give you great 1080p gaming for a long time and hit 60 frames per second. And I think that offers the best balance of battery life typically. So you wouldn't go for 144 because 144 is really nice. I mean, just 144 is really nice. Uh, like that Acer Helios 300 has it. You're starting to see it in yep. cheaper laptops. Uh, and it is really nice. And if you can find it for around the same price, I always go for higher frame rates. But I'm. For me personally, I tend to look for not that I buy too many gaming laptops, although I review a bunch. Uh, 1080p, 60 frames per second 
is what I consider like the sweet spot in laptops. Okay. So given that, you would actually pick, sounds like more likely a GTX laptop right now. Yes, definitely. As opposed to trying to go for an RTX laptop. But yeah. how how about the high end? Even like middle to high end, like range of laptops. What are you guys thinking? I I would definitely go, well, it, it's tough. I would probably, I would, I would, if I'm, again, in my view is like you're going that far, roll the dice, you pay the extra couple hundred bucks for an RTX. Ah, uh, it depends. Yeah, you're talking, <laughs> you're, you're talking maybe a couple hundred bucks more for RTX. But if you're finding things on discount, there's a good chance you could save 500 bucks not going RTX. Yeah. Well, let me see. Let's see what a... I know it's all theoretical, so it makes it hard. But I just, you know, I feel like trying to find that a would couple be more, scenarios is more helpful. I would be more willing to spend the extra money on RTX laptop towards the higher end. When you are starting to look at 144 hertz uh, refresh rates, when you are starting to look at 4K monitors, because it takes a lot of GPU to drive that, and the 2080, yes, is a lot more GPU than the 1080 Max-Q is or whatever. So I think if you're going to spend that much money on a laptop with a screen that nice, it's worth it to spend the extra money to get the extra firepower. Sorry, I'm trying to find a, an equivalent RTX versus GTX on Amazon. I'm not. So we're talking stuff that would be normally in like the 2000 and up range then. 1800 yeah. and up. Yeah, that's when I would spend the extra money to get the most current okay. graphics card. Hmm. But if you're looking for just like, I consider $1,000 to be, that's an expensive laptop, but that's reasonable for a gaming laptop. And in that range, 1080p60 with a GTX 1060. So. Okay. That'd be my recommendation. So this, so Amazon there is, uh, we're just browsing here. We're not whatever. So GX501, uh, you know, FHD144 with a 1080 Max-Q. They don't say that oddly. No surprise. Uh, 16 mm-hmm. gigs, 512 gig SD, uh, Coffee Lake H part, 2000 bucks. And then you go up to a Zephyrus S Ultra Slim, uh, FHD144. Uh, 8750, 16 gigs, 512 gig NVMe, uh, RTX 2080 for 3000 bucks. So that is a, that's a thousand dollars. Of course, to be fair, I don't know if this, you know how Amazon, they just randomly just throw you links to the most yeah. expensive mm-hmm. thing, you know, yeah. like, Hey, why is this so marked yeah. up? I, there could possibly be a lower price version of this. Are they the same screen size? Yeah, they're both 15s. GX501 no, uh, is a right? 15. This one should be a 15. Right oh, okay. Here. So that's a 15-inch, right? So very similar CPUs, RAM, uh, very similar storage. It's a $1,000 price premium for RTX. That is, yeah. Ooh. It depends model to model, maker to maker, too, because laptops, they yeah. vary so drastically. It's yeah. not the same as the desktop market whatsoever. Yeah, and then we're also seeing, again, this is the... Ain't no one wants a 2018 Pontiac, so <laughs> get, get rid of them. Mark them down. Yep. We'll give you the mats, too, Pontiac. whatever. <laughs> yeah, I know people are like, what's a Pontiac? What is that? Is that? Um, and uh, we got a lot of people uh, talking about single-channel versus dual-channel memory in laptops. It's worth it to go dual-channel? I don't think so. I mean, it is nice. You don't want to give up memory bandwidth, but if in a gaming laptop... All your gaming's on the discrete part anyway, so you're not giving up too much from going from single channel to dual channel. So if it's sort of like that, oh, I need to pay a ton more money, and then it is actually kind of nice if you do a single channel laptop 
and with you know a single eight gig or sixteen gig dim, and then later on you want to drop in a yeah. another sodium to match, you know. I- I think kind it, of a, yeah, I mean, for gaming, I don't think it matters at all, as you were saying. But I think if you do like any encoding, potentially, like, and it can matter yeah, like a little bit. You should right, but it but I mean, I've seen it on some of like uh, not the gaming laptops, but on some of like the like ultralights, ultra portables, where depending on the design, like yeah. it can weirdly affect uh, your encode performance. Like if you want to rip uh, something, but like it's a very small use case, and especially I think for what we're talking about, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, and it really is weird. It is surprising how few things actually sort of use that memory bandwidth. Gaming, definitely, if you're using IGP, then definitely yep. you're going to want dual-channel higher clock. But these are gaming laptops. It doesn't yeah. really matter that much. And most of them are all dual-channel mode anyway because it's that thing where they want to like, oh, you want to upgrade your gaming laptop? We'll, we'll give you 24 gigs or 32 gigs of RAM. It's like, uh, <laughs> can I get a bigger SSD instead? Because that would be more useful. No, no, more RAM. <laughs> Because everybody just needs more RAM. Yeah, and that's actually RAM, consumer's RAM, RAM. fault because they don't go, they don't go like, oh, this is a one terabyte laptop versus a five twelve. They go like, oh, this one has thirty two gigs instead of you know sixteen. It's like, what do you need thirty two gigs for? You. <laughs> <laughs> it's got that octane. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, do we want to jump into some uh, questions yeah. so, we, so we can uh, wrap it up? Yeah. Sure. Uh, so I'm going to hit the little thing to move over to questions. Uh, if you have questions, obviously you can, uh, at me in the chat that you're, you're at. Uh, but I will definitely be reading the ones over on our Discord channel, which I'm going to do, uh, right now. Uh, we have, uh, a, a Atomic Hurdle asking, uh, specifically your opinions. I have a 980 GTX running a 2K G-Sync monitor. Should I go ahead and pull the trigger on RTX 2060, 2070 or wait for next gen? I'd 980. wait. Yeah, I'd wait. Yeah, that's still enough. That's that's enough. Well, it depends on the games you play. For the <laughs> most part, 980 is still a great card. Yeah. yeah. But if you are sort of like, uh, I want more frame rates, then yeah, it's up to you and the games you play. So it's been a couple generations. Let me think. But Maxwell, twenty fourteen, right? Yeah, I would not. For like, if I had a twenty a, a, a nine eighty in a machine, and they were my money, I would like. I'm waiting. I want to see what's next. So, well, what's next might be a while. Yeah, but only until it gets painful. And the fact that he's got nine eighty with a G Sync panel too, so those yeah. low, low frame rates don't really kill yeah. him as much. Yep, that's a good I point. Think it's I mean, you, where, you would you yeah. would definitely see noticeably higher frame rates if you upgraded, but I, I would probably agree and say wait one more generation. I think every other generation to upgrade is good, but if you can stretch out the yeah. three, then that's you'd see a huge difference in your gameplay. Yeah, I agree. The lazy answer, just wait. <laughs> it is a lazy. I mean, answer. if it's still working and it's working fine for you, then it's. It, it sounds like it's, it's one of those situations where it's like. It's working, but you know there's better, so you're on the fence about whether or not you want to put down the money now. And I think it's one of the situations where it's like, if you have the cash, like, go for it, but just don't expect to, like, uh, like, well, no, I mean, like, if you, if you're on, if you're the kind of person that's like, I, I could just, you know, spend the money, it won't bother me to not have that money. And I'll be happier in the short term, then go for it. Like, everyone's different. But if you're the kind of person that would really, find it a lot more satisfying to like get that huge bump than wait for as long as you can for what it's worth i would expect graphics card prices to likely go down in the near future because both amd mm-hmm. and exactly nvidia that. 
had, you know, earnings and stock issues, oversupply issues they announced in the last quarter because they have too much stock from the GPU mining buildup. So I would expect these things, prices for newer cards to go down soon. So I wouldn't necessarily be in a rush to pull that trigger yet. And then suddenly there's a new there's a new mining craze and you can't get a card. <laughs> yeah, you never know. But <laughs> if you're like, still playing with, with a desync monitor, then... But, I mean, if they were going to wait anyway, it's fine. Well, so my argument is, you know... You got money burning a hole in your pocket. I'm just like that. I just, I bought you something yesterday. I don't need it. Piggy banks. And you, but I would say if you, you have a 980, you may get more joy out of like, well, I've got a, you know, you may have 512 or 256 gig, six, 256 gig SSD. Hell, put that money toward a two terabyte or a one terabyte SSD. Move all your games off of a hard drive onto the SSD. You might get more enjoyment out of that than a new graphics card at that's this fair. point, that's right? True. So that's a very mm-hmm. fair point. Because mm-hmm. like two terabytes are like maybe three hundred right now, I think. No, oh, that's not cheap enough. <laughs> <laughs> one terabyte. I think because I think one terabytes are at the two hundred range right now. What? I think two terabytes are like three. No, you can get them for less than that. Really? It depends no, on the like model, of course. But you can get them for Wait. less than that. Oh no! You need you need to change your clock. It's blinking twelve right now, Lena. <laughs> okay, re- Sorry, they're like a hundred dollars for one. I think terabyte. I'm stuck in NVMe mode right now. If we're talking about just SATA SSD, then you're right. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I'm talking okay, about. Sorry, I'm talking about SATA SSDs. You can get for well below two hundred. No, I was right. looking at a nine seventy last night. It's my brain <laughs> stuck in that mode. Um, I actually yeah. need to write the story. The pro- NVMe dr- price is supposed to go through the floor very soon. I hope I so. I'd love to upgrade that. Yeah. So I've well, got a, I got a taste PC. for cleaner ca- cabling. <laughs> uh, very pointed question from Ultron on our Discord. Uh, Asus ROG Scar 2, does it have Thunderbolt 3 or not? Sorry. Oh, <clears throat> I throw it locked up. I don't know. I have to look at the specs. Um, How come you don't know? I don't know off the hand, off the top of the uh, Scar what? <laughs> scar what? I, wait, why am I looking this up? You could, oh, let, me, okay. let me Google that for you. <laughs> yeah, I will look it up. He, he will Google it. Well, is that a make or oh, actually? I, let's look at this way. Is it make or break to have Thunderbolt three with eGPU on a gaming laptop? There you go. Make or break in terms of would you get a gaming laptop that didn't have it? Yes. If it's cheap I, enough. <laughs> I don't care about external GPU and gaming laptops. I would be if I was going to go that route. I'd be much more interested in getting a thin and light and pairing that with an eGPU. So then you have a nice thin light laptop. If you're going to spend the money to get a gaming laptop and lug that thing around anyway just get the gaming laptop that you want i disagree senator i think that (laughs) if you are going to do a gaming laptop you buy your gaming laptop to play games if you did it with you know a 2060 or a 1060 those are perishable parts and i will tell you in five years the cpu will be perfectly serviceable for all the games we play today but in five years a 1060 is going to feel like oh my god ancient history and you can be i wish i could just plug in a hundred dollar egpu cabinet and rock on because you're not carrying this thing around anyway it's as big as a tank so the batteries i like having ability to just upgrade the graphics that's why i've always been a, a fan of alienware's um you know amplifier from the beginning because it was an option that you had when the laptop got really old instead of just taking this thing and, and essentially chucking it because it's useless for gaming it's too big to carry with you what are you going to use it for you know a big chromebook so having an eGPU thunderbolt 3 option is like you can still get plenty of games out of it it's so. great to have yeah. but i do think as i interjected earlier that if you're getting a cheap enough price on a laptop 
then mm-hmm. it's something that I might be willing to forego. Okay, how what? I want to know how cheap, Elena. What's it worth? The thing I was just googling <laughs> on my phone. What I think is funny is that you're sitting here saying five years from now a GTX 60 will make you feel like death. But you just told the dude with the GTX 980 to wait it out, and that was about five, six years ago that, that came out. It's different in laptops. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he he He's he actually- was he also recommended a GTX laptop when the desktop card. He's saying you're nuts if you don't get RTX. So yeah, <laughs> I'm saying that when you fall off the power curve, let's let's not look at the exact time. Time is irrelevant. But it is a human old, construct. Old Old, old gaming laptops are no fun, and they are the most. They they make you the most unhappy person in the world because there's nothing you can do. I think you're that's a fair point. I think you're also both. How right. much are you willing to give that, up, Elena? You're saving a hundred dollars or saving two hundred dollars? Well, I mean, if you're only saving a hundred dollars, then I would go with the having the Thunderbolt three support. If we're talking a difference of like three or five hundred dollars, then it's like you know it's starting to get to a point where you're like you might want to actually pause and think about it. Yeah, but I, think, I mean, I think if you're going into the situation now with plans for this to be the future, if you have the money to spend now anyway, get a thin light. That's what I'm saying. Like, make it so it's a pleasant laptop to use out and about, and you can have it with the eGPU at home. I think, I think you guys are both right uh, in that the use case that you're both outlining apply. So I, I'm in your camp, Brad, for my personal preferences, but I can also see Gordon's perspective where there might be there might be people out there who just want the best performance they can get at any given moment. So mm-hmm. they want it to still perform at a certain level when they're, you know, untethered versus also when they get home, they're like, well, I can boost this even more. Mm-hmm. I put to external G, uh, monitor, excuse me. Yeah, I, I do see Form Factor being a big influencer because if you're doing a thin light, you definitely want eGPU support at the same time you probably want your gaming laptop because you need portable gaming you're a traveling nurse you're a soldier you need to pull it out of your footlocker and play games eGPUs I mean a, a thin and light doesn't really sort of like it's going to kind of stink for that kind of purpose yeah it wouldn't work whatsoever especially if you're overseas military like the heat I've been told the heat conditions out there could just I don't think the thermals would stand up to it I sort of see like that's in in for me like a big 6 pounder the big you know big fat laptops I think those are the ones I sort of want I definitely want eGPU on because that is something you're never going to carry around with you it's just going to basically live on a desk so the fact that you can upgrade the graphics is sort of a must have it's almost a semi portable desktop unit rather than that are thin and light, so. I love that they're finally getting popular. Just the yeah. fact that this is even an option is great to me. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Like, yeah. <laughs> when it started coming about, Amplifier was, like, the only real game in town for a while, and then we saw, like, maybe one or two more. It took a while for Thunderbolt 3 yeah. GPU to actually work. And now we've, we're up to, like, at least five to ten options on the market now, I think. Five, There's more five than eight, eight. I think. I yeah. remember having an argument with somebody about Amplifier. He was like, this is the dumbest thing ever. I'm like, and we're talking, if you're five years ago, you're talking you have a 970M laptop, mm-hmm. Alienware, you plug in amplifier and run a card. Mm-hmm. Five years ago, you ain't no way you're going to get Thunderbolt 3 and a laptop that work with eGPU. Thunderbolt 3 barely worked in three, you know, five years ago. So mm-hmm. they have that amplifier support back then. You look at it now, it's like, oh, thank God I have amplifier support. Yep. Especially because back then, mobile and desktop had a much bigger delta between performance, too. Yeah. 
five years ago, Brad. Five. <laughs> no, let's not talk about dates. You know, time is yeah. a human construct. Yeah. Um, all right, here we go. We got, we got to keep going through them. Uh, probably lot uh, as asking uh, how many free sync panels have you guys tested with NVIDIA GPUs? What are the most common issues with them, if any? I haven't actually personally tested too many of them. I only have one FreeSync panel, period. So I haven't either. I understand they don't work. I somebody said that. <laughs> I also have not yet. Either. We should. We have a couple of FreeSync panels here. I need to plug it we in. Should. But you know, there've been other um, more pressing hardware concerns ever since CES. Yeah. So maybe now that there's a little bit of downtime, we can do yeah. it just to mess around, but. To be able to at least do it is is pretty cool. I I I, I got to say, right? I mean, it's a nice concession. There is. For sure. I wrote a couple weeks ago when the driver came out that unlocked GeForce support for FreeSync panels. Um, I wrote an article about it. If you go back and look for that, I included a link in it. Uh, the people from the Nvidia subreddit were working together with people from the hardware subreddit. And made this big crowdsource list where they were awesome. all trying different monitors and saying what worked, what didn't work. That's if you cool. have a question about a particular uh, monitor, look up that article and find that link in there and go click on that. That's super cool. Nice. Power of the community. <laughs> Uh, we got a couple from Will, a friend of the show, Will. Uh, when... Um, Give me an idea on uh, 2070 Max-Q versus 2060 uh, in a laptop. Is it worth it for 1440p? We're going to have to test those. We, I, I mean, it I've, depends. Yeah, I've not yep, seen we it. We don't got any in. Uh, it, it depends. Theoretically, Max last generation Max-Q was a step down. So, like, if you got a 1080 Max-Q, is equivalent to a 1070 in performance. This generation, it looks like they're a lot more lenient with their clock speeds. So depending on what the laptop makes or wants to do, if they want to make it real thin and light, they can severely underclock it, which would drastically impact performance. If they have a fat one, they can ramp the clock speeds up a lot higher. Um, until we know more definitively by so many more laptops coming out and you can kind of get a sense for things, I would say look up specific reviews for the specific laptops that you're looking for and try to compare. Cause I think there's going to be a lot more variability there this generation. But I think he or she is trying to, well, it's a he, right? Will it's will. Yeah. Um, it really is sort of the decision is of uh, max P full performance 2060 versus a max Q 2070. Yeah. It, it depends on form factor, depends on cooling and design, but like looking at 1070 max Q versus 1060, uh, 1070 Max Q was a, a, you know, a decent performer over 1060. So, you are getting more cores, you're getting more bam- memory bandwidth, and all that other stuff. So, it's probably worth it. Would be my guess. Okay. Uh, another laptop specific question: um, Are laptops with G-Sync compatible displays? Uh, can, can you enable that now through the control panel? Uh, I, the, this this was a question that came in on the the YouTube comments a while ago too you know like hey now that you can manually force async whatever uh you know can you do that on laptops you mean to force uh free sync no 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 uh it's asynchronous uh yeah we don't say that word oh right we don't say that word i that don't think <laughs> no i i actually took the gs75 which is i have already boxed up is getting ready to go back but unfortunately i couldn't get it to work with g-sync over thunderbolt 3 it may be the adapter I used. Just trying to get the display port out to an adapter that... In, it, NVIDIA's 
FreeSync or Adaptive Sync support only works over DisplayPort. Full yeah, stop. and well, this is also I was trying to use G Sync <laughs> over the Thunderbolt three. I couldn't get that to work. I don't know if it's just because the adapter I had was just mm. not great for it. I don't know what you need to make G Sync work. I have I have used G Sync over laptops before, but a lot of these a lot of these thin lights they've done away with DisplayPort in favor of Thunderbolt three. You should be able to get DisplayPort out as an alternate mode, but you may actually need a certain adapter to make it work. I haven't had a chance to dive too far into it. So, okay. and that's just G-Sync. That's, that's their own supported technology. So FreeSync is like, yeah, maybe even harder. Uh, we've got a couple more questions. Uh, DC147, uh, over on Discord, uh, they are a small streamer. They're considering buying a RTX 2060 or 2770 specifically for the improved NVENC performance. Does this seem like a smart move, uh, for their situation? They're currently rocking an i7-7700K with a 1060 and 16 gigs of RAM. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, like Adam was saying, uh, the encoding performance is better in the RTX Definitely. series. Uh, and those will give you, especially if you upgrade to a 2070, that'll give you a lot more frames to be able to just play your game and deal with the overhead that, you know, Twitch streaming does. Yeah, although I, I'm a little afraid your CPU could be a, a bottleneck because, you know, quad-core HT is kind of a little light for it. And I... Depending on what, where all the encoding is. I mean, I know a lot of it's done. But well, if he's getting GPU. it for NVENC, then it's going to be primarily offloaded to the GPU anyway, yeah. right? Yeah, it should be, right? I mean, it should. <laughs> There's a lot of times where yield, all vendors will claim things are done on a certain, and then you find out that no, only about certain effects are done on the GPU, and a lot of it's shoved over to the CPU, so. Okay, uh, and then, um, it is a Japanese name. I, I don't know how to read Japanese. Oh, it's actually in kanji? Okay, it, yeah, it's in kanji. I don't... It's in katakana. So, <laughs> I don't know who this is from. He couldn't even... <laughs> dude, he couldn't get it right even if your name was Will Smith. <laughs> I think I know what it is, but it's been a long time since I had to read anything in Japanese. So A-A-Ron? A-A-Ron. Yeah. Is it A-A-Ron? Oh, he just, they just told you what it is. Uh, chef Pachinari. Oh, Chef uh Okay, I like it. Uh, how much impact would multi-monitor setups have on VRAM? Would the Radeon 7 be the better choice? I'm considering uh, 27-inch. Uh, yeah. It shouldn't make too much of a difference for your VRAM consumption. It just uh, it would depend on the resolution you're playing at. Could I, do you think the Radeon 7 has, has it to play you know, dual 4Ks? Games. Uh, no. No. No, there's no way. So it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, if you're fine with like console like rates, if you're fine saying, hey, I'll stick it at 30, a smooth 30 frames per second, but have high and have smooth. two 4K monitors. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that would be a pretty good gaming setup. That would work for a lot of people and be awesome, way more awesome than they get out of a console. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't do do 4K monitors. Not so for gaming. <laughs> I, I think, I kind of, I'm going to guess you, cause you, there ain't no way you're going to play dual 4K at reasonable frame rates, even if it's a smooth 30. Um, <laughs> uh, somebody I, clip that up, please. I, I sort of think, uh, but for, I, I was, I'm guessing he's wondering if it matters for 2D performance, desktop use. It doesn't, right? You're not. Don't worry about it. I actually know the person who wrote that original phrase. That is, of course. 
I know you do. That's yeah. why you keep throwing it out. This game runs at a smooth 30 frames a second. <laughs> oh, yeah. That cop from uh, Futurama. <laughs> Uh, there is, I mean, there's a lot to be said. If you could say, hey, there's no frame size, just 30 frames per second consistent 100% of the time, that's not bad if you can get it in dual 4K monitors, man. I mean, that's 60 is better, but if you want to get dual 4K smooth, like no frame lags, no stuttering, that it, it's not bad. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I don't think I would run dual 4Ks anyway because then you have the seam right in the center. Yeah, I was gonna say that's that's an ideal setup for one of those curved monitors. Yeah. You think they would let you run? They'd have an interface for you know in the control panel that would let you say use dual monitors, but move the seam a little bit over to the right and sort of like render just basically black out part of the screen and then just only render on part of it so that you just get the damn seam out of the way if you're doing just two monitor two monitor gaming hmm. gotta get those bezel-less ones yeah uh all right uh you already know is asking uh is there a huge difference between i7 7700 hq and the i7 8750h yes you two more cores overall really high clocks even if you're two doing more cores, eight more threads yeah. Four, four more threads. Yeah. So four, yeah, four more threads. And then also this Coffee Lake H is an awesome CPU. Those all, those Coffee Lake CPUs are awesome if you can cool them, but they just run at higher clocks. 7700 HQ was fine for its day, but those Coffee Lake H's just smoke them all day. I mean, those things run at like single threaded performance is up at 3.8. And you would just, you could, you could drop a, a, a i7 7700HQ off a cliff and it will never get to 4 gigahertz or 3.8. It just won't, it won't just. <laughs> so it's just faster, faster in single threaded, faster in multi threaded. It's just an awesome upgrade. I mean, people always ding Intel for never giving you something. They gave you something there. So friggin', uh, I shouldn't just start with friggin', but I always say never upgrade from one processor generation to the next because it's never worth it. The only exception is the Intel 7th gen to Intel 8th gen. If yeah. you have a 7700K, it's still worth it to get a 87. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even there, Whatever. right? Even, the equivalent. Yeah. yeah. It's that much of a difference because they added those extra cores and higher clock speeds. It's worth it to get the 8th gen every time. But is it worth $500? That's what they're they're saying. They're considering a, a Alienware R4, but, you know, because they found one for like $500 cheaper. But is, is I mean, is the are all the other specs actually that comparable? Because I, I even for Alienware, I can't imagine it being five hundred dollars more without there being some other spec differences. Well, are we? So we're talking lap. We're talking laptops here. Is is he saying he found? Hey, I can get this. He or she. He or she. The seventy seven HQ with a ten sixty for five hundred dollars less. Should I take an i seven? Uh, they, 8750H with a... They do not say. They just say, uh, I'm considering getting an Alienware R4 with a GTX 1070 8, plus the HQ part uh, for super cheap, uh, but it's $500 more to get the next thing that he's looking. they're looking at. I mean, yeah. I, I would probably get the 7700HQ and save 500 bucks. That's a lot of money, and I think the 7700K and HQ are both, even though the 8th gen is way vastly improved in performance i think they'll still be perfectly fine if your interest is 
gaming and not in encoding or any right. of those like heavy compute tasks. And it's an Alienware, so it should be compa- compatible with the amplifier we were talking amplifier about. Amplifier and Thunderbolt 3 and some of the newer ones. Full circle. So. <laughs> boom. But boom. I, I will say, again, I agree with Brad. No, I would, yeah, $500 for, a, I mean, 77HQ is, is older, it's slower in gaming. <laughs> Who cares? Oh, new wrinkle, have- new wrinkle. It's a used laptop. Oh. Uh, comfortable with that to save 500 bucks? Yeah, if you're comfortable with it, I don't think, yeah, I mean, $500 is a lot of money. Um, but again, if you are buying it for work to do, you know, video editing, a lot of encoding tasks, it is actually worth it to have a, a i7, you know, 8750H. It is actually worth an upgrade if you're doing it for work. If you, you need the performance, it's actually worth it, so. But if you're gaming, save 500 bucks. Yeah, save on yeah. $500 and, I don't know, save up for your, next generation desktop card all right two more questions and then we'll out of here uh no so no more questions but please drop them in the discord and we'll answer oh wow we've been doing this for a while i know sorry yeah uh so let's talk about uh nick senior uh asked a while ago do you think that tvs will close the response gap this year um yeah like so uh, gaming on a tv and not bfgd Oh, no, no. There, I don't think anything came out at CES that, you know, made us all stand up and say, oh, yeah, they're getting thinner. They're getting more vibrant colors. They're not, not they're not really worried about response time so yeah, much. I, so. Mean, I think for the most part, most TV manufacturers uh, just kind of stick with what they know, what's been working. And most people who game on a TV are using consoles. So the response time doesn't really. <laughs> hey, <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Hey, hey. No, I was going to say hey. they enjoy smooth 30. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, I use I use my Steam Link all the time. Actually, I just did last night. <laughs> Love that thing. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of consoles, last question from Chris. Cool. Uh, this is for us console players only. So me and you. Yes. Uh, what, <laughs> features would, what features would we like to see in the PS5 or next Xbox? Uh, features or hardware? Because, both, oh, both. God, oh. that hardware needs a serious update. Yeah. Like, there's been so much happening on the PC side, it would kill me. Xbox If too? they only had a marginal hardware upgrade. <laughs> Xbox right. as well. It would just kill me. Not just PS5, yeah. we're talking about also next-gen Xbox. Yes, yes. yes. either yes. one. Oh, both sides. Either one. I would like to see, honestly, it'd be awesome to see a, a Ryzen, you know, Zen, Zen-based architecture plus the next-generation GPU. The next gen GPU is a given. I think it'd actually be nice for consoles to get off of good lord using like this near atom performance cores that they've been right. using oh, for a while. Yeah, that's what I was going to. That's what I mean. Right. I my my concern is that they're going to do what they did this last generation, current generation, which is that they they upgraded the the GPU side of things, but they left the CPU side like super ancient. And so even if you even if you do a hack where you upgrade the hard drive to an SSD, which does um, help. Which helps, but I still think that, I mean, just given how, uh, how shall we say, sometimes not very well optimized Windows, that variant of Windows 10 can be, like, it's just, it's horrible. Like, they need, they, they need the they compute power to do as well. Because it was like a weird mid-gen, like, no, just, I know, or but, they kind of had to. Yeah. I know, but it's just like, given how much time has passed and how much uh, has changed since 2013, 2013, like, I mean, if they don't do some kind of like solid upgrade on that i'm just going to be a very unhappy camper i would expect i want i want 60 frames per second to become the norm again i mean it used to be and then we started getting all these fancier eye candy on consoles and now 30 frames per second is reasonable for a lot of people i would like i think 
I think it will upgrade to Ryzen, and I would like 60 frames per second to be the baseline. Well, 60 is the baseline for 1080, but it's not yet for 4K, because obviously there's only one console that can even remotely get there. there. I mean, the Xbox One still cannot do 1080, 60 in a lot of games. I mean, there's, they, they have spikes yeah. down to 20 frames per second sometimes, yeah. depending on the game. It hasn't been going well, that's for sure. But <laughs> it was for a while. Well, would you rather have that or RTX? Because, you know, who knows? Maybe in the next oh, consoles, RTX no is going to come. No. They don't no. do custom APU type things. Well, but the, the, I thought the, the Xbox One X is a discrete. No, uh, well, 580? no, it's not. <laughs> They're both basically just. It's a little bit of a yeah. Oh, okay. Well, well there, there was, ha- but there has been there has been discussion that maybe the next ones will be discreet. I, I guess they are. I mean, they're not. They're. I, I would say, yeah, they are sort of discreet-ish. But I mean, it's still. I mean, because it's still a single chip, right? They still get a single chip from AMD with all the. So I, I think it's unfair to call it a, an APU necessarily because they it's have all the. That's why I say it's kind of an APU. But I sort of think I wonder if they're going to do it because I, you got to figure Sony and Microsoft to go. Yeah, we want the new Zencore. Give us Zencore plus give us the, the whatever you know. They'll take less generation. We'll take the Vega cores. And the name is like great. Here's how much it's going to cost. And be like, oh no, we can't charge seven hundred dollars <laughs> for a console. So uh, well. why don't you give us that old. Uh, was it Puma cores? What are they? I don't know what they are. <laughs> but they're ancient. I mean, I just, the Jaguar cores. Would they do it? I Puma Jaguar, whatever. I just like they're on Jaguar right they're now. On Jaguar, yeah. Well, that's what they launched with. I don't remember the specs for the Xbox One X anymore. I think it's still Jaguar. Yeah, uh, it probably mm-hmm. is. It is. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, here's my prediction. Uh-oh. Crazy, here's Uh-oh. A crazy prediction. Next gen consoles, Intel based. Intel CPU, no. Intel GPU no. based. I know that's just crazy. <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> that up. I like how your no <laughs> voice is like your very white voice, Adam. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like the reason I own a Switch is because I can bring it with me when Switch I'm not at awesome. home, and I would buy an Xbox if they had those capabilities as well. I don't think it'll happen, but I would love if something like that came to PlayStation and Xbox. Uh, but there's no way you're going to get 60 frames on, on anything like that, though. Not for the price. Well, yeah, but when you're undocked, I mean, yeah. that's different. Yeah. I mean... I, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I would say, I just, I want... I mean, come on. These are PCs anyway. I, I say they just lean even further into the PC <laughs> nature of it. You I was know? Say Adam that- wants to do his taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, don't even, I don't mean that part, but I mean, so for me, I was going to say that uh, outside of the hardware side of things for features, what I would like to see is better cross-platform support between an actual Windows 10 PC and the Xbox. So I have a lot of friends who play on Xbox still, so I play with them, but I would like to at least if I buy a game ugh, through the Windows store, um, <laughs> I would like to be able to get, you know, the same like i don't know if i even like all the achievements and stuff like that carry over so i still play predominantly on xbox because it's not worth it to me to to have to deal with all of that it's the windows store sorry i was making a face about the achievements (laughs) (laughs) i don't care about the pieces of flair i do care about the pieces of flair well if you actually get performance enhancements from the pieces of flair okay but if it's just simply a merit badge i don't care i like my merit badges i have no other things in life to feel accomplished about it's it's been leaked that they're talking about putting xbox live on on phones and uh 
and Switch and stuff like that. It's just weird that um, you can't go like seamlessly between the platforms that all run like Windows. Can they just rename Western the entire? That's because the Windows Store can never find your games that you theoretically own. <laughs> <laughs> and they just name the the studio Xbox Studios, right? That's a that's a giant finger to PC gamers, isn't it? Well, no, they're, they've no. been pushing, they've kind of rebranded. They're not saying Xbox is necessarily consoles. They use that for their gaming umbrella term now. Yeah, yeah. No, now Xbox just means gaming. Yeah, because so in the future, I, honestly, I don't, I, you know, they're gonna, I think they're gonna care less and less, especially as streaming becomes a thing. They're gonna care less and less about the t- the console under the TV. Wow, in it's my mind. Good. So Xbox is meaning it'll be basically the whatever. Well, it is. Well, no. Imagine, imagine if an Xbox comes out at like a hundred dollars or fifty dollars or something, and it's just Microsoft's version of the Steam Link. So you can either stream the stuff you have on your PC, or you can stream stuff from the cloud. Uh, I know Steam Link doesn't do that, but you know, it's like yeah. you, you can have both options. You know, it just becomes like a you know. The a little hub. Mm, hang on, I was locally. just reading this memo about all the celebra- celebrations in Sony headquarters in Tokyo, saying like, "Whoa, they're going to give up this whole." They, if they did that, they would be the end. Sony would win. Like, there's just no way. You got to have. I just. I know you gotta, hate streaming. I no, I, streaming. I just think you got to have big fat metal under your TV well, for the. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Fidelity. But what it's if you had happen. that metal in your in your office? And it's streaming I mean, to your TV. It That's could, not realistic. Well, no, what, I do it all what, the time. What Adam is talking about is Microsoft saying, to heck with the two-party system. We're going to go Nintendo on this and just do our own thing. Yeah. And then Nintendo found a lot of success in just doing its own thing, like with the Switch. Wait, what? They're going to do what? Yeah, but before that, they had the Wii U. So, well, I mean, <laughs> it's the 3DS that's kept them propped up the whole time. Uh, Otherwise, they would still true. be around. So, just saying, they have some room to wiggle, and so the Microsoft does too because they have, you know, all their other divisions. Yeah, imagine if Microsoft says, "Hey, you know what? We're we're not going to make a console. We're just going to make a streaming device or something that plugs into the beefy PC you already have." I do I think, think it would harm cool. them. So, sorry, yeah, go ahead. I'm sure it will. Yeah. I think it'd be cool if the next gen, they actually kind of brought back some of the stuff that they started talking about this gen for the Xbox and then walked back. The whole using Azure to accelerate the graphics of games that you're already playing. So the majority of it runs on your local system, but then Azure could offload some of the calculation stuff theoretically have better. There you go. Whatnot. They talked about all this stuff to begin with at the console generations, and then there was the whole, oh, people on a nuclear submarine can have an Xbox 360 still. We don't care about them, and they walked it all back. Yeah. I think that would be cool to actually start to implement in the next-gen ones. But if Microsoft wanted to make a business decision, they could tie that behind Xbox Live Gold and then say, hey, if you have Xbox Live Gold and you connect to the internet, you know you'll get better graphics in some of your games. I don't know, man. It sounds like... So Microsoft has some really good ideas a lot of the time, but they are really not great at marketing They're them. They're still Microsoft. <laughs> they are, well, that's the problem, right? Because the thing is that if you actually go back to the original, like, was it 2013 E3, when they were talking about these features, like, if you actually thought about the features, they were pretty cool, like family sharing and all this kind of stuff, but the way they announced it just upset everybody because it sounded like they were just giving a finger to every all their core um, audience and I don't know if Microsoft really... The people in place, they've made a lot of changes. They They have made changes, but historically Microsoft has never been good at messaging. But here's another thing about that I think that streaming thing is probably going to be the feature because 
imagine all the people who were like, hey, you know, I don't have the money to get the next generation. I know people who still play on a 360, right? But imagine if you can connect that 360 to, you know, an, an enhanced cloud experience and then you get your 360 games to look better. You know, well, like your 360 is not going to oh, do not more your 360. than you No, no, no. I know, not the 360, <laughs> but I'm saying, like, imagine when the next thing comes out, you know, an Xbox 2, whatever. It's better than uh, 100 bucks. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, uh, or you can say, hey, you know what, this functionality is still built in the Xbox One you already have, you know, so you pay for this extra service to get the, the more features, you know. I think that'll uh, depend, like, I think the success of that is going to depend on uh, what audience they're targeting, because I think if they target younger gamers who are used to this world of always connected, you know, um, streaming and all that, then it might be able to succeed if that group is big enough. But I think if uh, they still need to rely on like their traditional core audience who's used to having like, like Gordon said, like metal, solid metal under their TV, it might be a hard sell. If that's like their primary driver. It would be the it would be the biggest. They might as well just give up mm-hmm. and take the entire Xbox thing, ball it up, and throw it in the garbage can. If they <laughs> try to push a streaming only and not do a, it, they are locked in a battle with Sony where they need the bigger. Whoever can make and design the bigger metal box under the TV is going to win. It's going to be it's they streaming are. is they are. Yeah. streaming is cool <laughs> for some people. It's it's awesome, but well, I think you, they offer both. I, I I think honestly, I think they just offer both. You know, like. But truthfully, you but know, the streaming it, stuff, I, I think, is... But you if know, you leave it to them to market, they'll only talk about the streaming <laughs> stuff, and everyone will freak out. Yeah, yeah. Or, <laughs> or you can pick up an 8-gigabyte Radeon 580 <laughs> for like 130 bucks these days, people. Under 60. Boom. <laughs> Under 60. PC. Oh, yeah, PC. 130 for the 570. Yeah, PC's 570. where it's at. To, to be fair, they, you know, they're, that, they, the optimization does give consoles... You know what... Re- I, recent... You know, decent performance at 4K. So this this is absolutely not a console type thing, but I would love the ability to roll your own Xbox. Like they just freaking release. Like they give you the specs. Like these are the ideal specs. Like here's here's a custom release of Windows 10s. You can install it yourself, and then like have fun. But it's not under warranty. Your problems. It's not your. It's not our problem. Yeah, the great. The entire. The the only thing they do at the Xbox division is print stickers and mail them to people. Here you go. Put it on your PC. I that makes no. That they just yeah. I mean, that'd be cool. No, because then you could roll not, your own. It's a PC. You could still like hang out with your friends, but you have the ability to like you know customize it. Maybe if you want a little extra performance, you throw in you know better parts. <laughs> I'd I would buy a Blu-ray drive to do that. Like if I I would do that and be able to play Xbox games. Yeah. See. <laughs> I, got, I got one convert. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm totally down. So the features we would want, basically, make it a PC. Are, yeah, make, make it a PC. PC. Make it be cool. You have a mouse and keyboard, some ports in back. Already has Maybe ATX power supply, uh, ATX uh, motherboard, <laughs> ATX case, slow dims, CPU, uh, socket. I would go mini ATX. CLC and, yeah. And RGB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More RGB. Oh, those oh, are the features. There we go. That would be amazing. The next consoles, RGB. Oh, Definitely. Oh, man. I can Dude. roll my own Xbox and have... Have my own RGB fighting. Uh, yeah. Anyway, all right. Anyway. We've gone for oh, we way too long. Way too long. We are in trouble. This is what happens when our boss is not here today. That's true. He's sick. He, he is. He's sick. John 901. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. He serious? is in the chat. <laughs> no, <laughs> we were busted. We can't even lie because it's recorded. Because he's no, he's only working from home sick. He's not actually out sick, so he's probably been listening God. to us this whole time. Dang it! Oh, he lost his voice, would... so he can't scream. Uh, 
All right, we better hurry and go. All right, uh, so check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Send questions and comments to thefullnerd at pcworld.com. Also, check check out our Discord channel. And yes, also review us on iTunes and Google Play every time you do. We get smooth 30 frames a second. <laughs> I don't Thanks for know what that's from. <laughs> we'll you, tell you, you can later. tell me later. <laughs> smooth 30. I, lo- I just love saying that. Smooth 30 frames a second. Pretty good. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. Adios. Elena Yee. Bye, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray's turning it off. I turned off the radio. I, I don't get the smooth 30 thing. You're gonna have to tell we'll me. tell you later. Yeah. All right. Uh, go buy an Xbox. <laughs> Ooh, new graphic. Oh, what is that?